0: How's it going, party people? You're listening to The Floral Podcast, and I am your host, Edgar Otra Vez. Now, today on the show, my co-host is everybody's cousin, Cousin Primo, and we're going to be doing a review of Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Now, if you're new to the show, make sure you head on over to our website, thefloralpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a whole lot of information about the podcast, the show, and anything else you might be looking for. So today's episode of the Floor World Podcast is a part one of two parts having to do with Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. The reason we broke it up is because uh, I just did not see a way that we could work around the fact that we're going to probably go into detail for every episode. So I broke it up into two pieces. So we'll be doing the first four episodes, Lot 36, Graveyard Rats, The Autopsy, and The Outside in this episode and the following four episodes we will do next time in part two so without further ado here's the show all right welcome to another episode of the floral podcast i am edgar otra vez vez. and as you hear my co-host today is cousin primo what's up
1: cousin what's up my brother primo is in the house
0: the Uh, one the
1: only the true one
0: there you go yeah everybody's favorite cousin yeah so for today the subject of conversation will be the cabinet of curiosities we're going to be doing a review of the guillermo de toros cabinet of curiosities now for those of you who are not aware of it the name is actually probably based off the old film from 1920 The Cabinet of Dr. Kiligari which was directed by Robert Wien. and it's an old movie uh, if I remember correctly it's a, a silent film and it is bizarre but it's also like I don't want to say it's the first horror movie ever made, but it's probably up there in terms of the filmmaking world. But anyway, uh, so Guillermo del Toro, we all know him for uh, movies like Pan's Labyrinth and, of course, one of my favorite kaiju movies, Pacific Rim, that's
1: right. So, Mm -hmm. uh, there's lots of... I'm sorry. I should have warned you. Um, For Christmas, my aunt got a um, clock that every hour on the hour it's a um, bird oh and it's seven o'clock so it's an owl <laughs> <laughs> dude dude I was like what is that fucking noise we're no. talking about Guillermo del Toro it's, fr- it's freaky it gets yeah. freaky bro I thought I
0: was like bro you got a lechuza up in that motherfucker." so for those of you who don't know a lechuza is like a fucking Mexican scary thing and, yeah. and so basically it's a harbinger of death and if it lands on your house that means someone's gonna die in that house but also it could mean that a lechuza might be uh, a witch in disguise as an owl Who's trying mm-hmm. to fucking cause harm on that particular house. So when I heard the fucking owl, we're talking about scary shit here. I was like, bro, are you fucking, are you being fucking haunted? I mean, it's just like,
1: is the witch coming after you? What you, what, what woman have you pissed off lately, bro? Man, I don't know, man. It's the Broncos fault. Not my fault.
0: Oh, shit. <laughs> Blame it on the new vehicle. Hey. So, uh, back to the subject at, at hand cabinet of curiosities uh awesome series this is part one of two so what we did is we went and watched the first four movies i should say episodes but like uh, for those of you who do not know cabinet of curiosities is an anthology so what guillermo del toro did was he gathered a few directors And they chose some stories in which to kind of introduce this first uh, series so man great story I wish I would have gotten a chance to watch it during Halloween because it was released over October 25th back in 2022. I haven't had a chance to watch it until now, but man, this is fantastic so let's start with the first one Primo, how do you want to do this, you want to do the first one, and then we you know we add color as necessary. Mm. Or do you want to just kind of like just do a short synopsis, or how do you want to do this? Wow, um,
1: let me see. I'm, I'm gonna start the year out right. So let's do a co-op. Okay, that sounds
0: like a plan. Let's do that. We'll and we'll tackle the story a little bit. We're gonna try to be fast mm-hmm. because there's four separate stories. It's not an ongoing story. They're all I'm sorry, eight separate stories. They have nothing to do with each other other than being stories that may have been written by guillermo del toro or just part of the anthology but they're all like horror based stories so mm-hmm. anyway let's go with lot 36 which is the first episode and so a, an army vet buys a, a storage locker that has been been confiscated by the storage people and now he owns the stuff inside of it and is trying to sell the things he finds he's a bit of an asshole. Right. Uh, it's directed by Guillermo Navarro. Mm-hmm. And it's written by Regina Corrado, but also based on a story by Guillermo de Toro. Now, it stars Tim Blake Nelson, who plays Nick Appleton. He's the main protagonist of the story. I don't know if you can call him a protagonist as much as just like the main character. Um, All right. I'm not sure he actually goes through any kind of change. Because as we know, like what makes a good protagonist is that they go through some kind of epiphany or change during the story. And so this cat is an asshole, right? And yeah. he's one of these guys. He's former military. And it's mm-hmm. a little racist. He's, he's not a nice person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, at, at one point he runs into a, car- a character named Emilia, who's played by El Pedía Carrillo who is like a Latin lady. And so she confronts him about one of the storage units that he purchased and was like, can we please have the storage unit back? You know, like uh, it's got, it's only got like photo albums and other things that you don't really need. And he's like, no, it's mine. Now you should have fucking paid your bill. And she's like, well, I told this cat that I was going to be out. He never responded. I, I sent him emails and you know he just never saw them can i please have my stuff back and he's like it's already too late i've already sold most of it you know i've already dealt with Mm -hmm. it so that relationship comes back to bite him in the ass but you know what i forgot something in
1: the beginning of the story exactly i was about to correct you on that oh yeah no go for it man say it okay well in the beginning of the episode you see an old man and what he's doing he's He's cutting up a rabbit or an animal, some sort of some something, right? And what he ends up doing is taking this meat to the storage. So when he goes to the storage, he walks through this little maze. He disappears. And he comes back out with nothing. Now, the reason why the lot has not been paid was because on one of his little day trips, he died. Yep. So that's why the unit was never paid. Yeah. So that's, that's how the story starts. He like dies exactly. in the beginning. Exactly. He dies in the beginning. So at that point, that's when the storage, the guy who is the um, soldier, he's in a little bit of a debt. Okay. And all he cares about is that pickup of his too. mm Cause he doesn't care about anything else. He's divorced. He's lost a lot of money, but that pickup is all he has in life, you know? And when that uh, Hispanic lady comes up to him and tells him, Hey, you know, I just want certain things out of there. I don't really want much. It's not going to do you any good. It's just pictures, little things here and there. The guy's a complete asshole. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so he starts rummaging through the, through the storage locker, and starts finding weird little things that this guy was a. I don't want to say Nazi, but was he a Nazi? Yeah, I think he was. He was
0: some kind of Nazi. Um, yeah, he was. Yeah, because he had all, like all this like all this like paraphernalia from like uh, the nineteen thirties or something, right. So- I, I, I don't know if he was German or I, I can't remember those specific details, but yeah, mm-hmm. he, I think he was a Nazi or he
1: somehow was involved. Right. It, like tripping out that he was then and you know, there's a lot of rumors about Nazis trying to like create the super soldiers and dealing with the supernatural and all that stuff. And lo and, like, and behold, this guy's one of them. He's yeah. one of those um, SS-ranked um, Germans who deal with the supernatural. That was trippy, wasn't it, bro? Like, <laughs>
0: So, like, one of the things that happened was, like, they found this table, and he didn't know what he had, but he found mm-hmm. – for some reason, he figured out that it was old, right? Because the, it came with a table, right? He didn't know what right, the table right, right. was. So then he, he, he asks a friend who – you know, who has a link to um, an antique uh, seller, reseller, I guess you can call him. And so he went to the antique person and showed him the table. And she was like, oh, I know what this is. And she's like, I have a person that could buy this. And then hes they're throwing numbers at this cat. And remember, his eyes were just lighting up. He was like, oh, (laughs) shit, that's a
1: lot of money. You're like, money. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And that's why he went back crazy. He went back to the place and the lady was still there waiting for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's like, you know, come on, don't be a jerk. Give me, I just want the pictures and stuff like that. And he's like, fuck that. I didn't give you shit. This is my storage locker. You should have paid it. Like you said, you should have paid it off. Mm-hmm. And it just kept getting weirder and weirder at that point. Yeah. Well, he then finding, like
0: one thing too what happened is like when he came back to to the storage unit one night or when he was leaving the storage unit one night like you said Mm -hmm. she confronted him and then uh, he said no he he blew her off and so like one of the things I got confused on that wasn't too clear and maybe you can uh, clarify for me was I wasn't sure if the unit that had the antique Nazi stuff had anything to do with the woman the Latin lady I don't think they were associated. I think she just happened. He he's a constant buyer of the of of these of these lots, of these lots. Mm-hmm. and so then she was just one of the lots prior to him buying the lot that we're talking about, lot thirty six,
1: right? Am because right? in the beginning she had bought it. She it bought the lot. Be, she bought the lot, and he told the guy who sold it to him. that sold it the, the the black gentleman. I forgot his name. Yeah, that guy. already had sold it and he's like now come on man you owe me yeah and that's why he said okay it's like, you pay me pay me what she pay me more than what she got
0: and it's yours so the guy you're talking about the black dude his name is his name is eddie in the story but in real life his name is demetrius gross right or grossy or grossy forgive me i'm gonna butcher names today uh, the Latin names, I might be pretty good, but anything gets yeah. outside of Latin and, and common common uh, American names, I'm going to fuck up. Oh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, yes, Nick Appleton goes to our homie, Eddie, and is like, hey, man, like uh, cut me a deal. And so he goes, he, he gives him a deal. So then
1: she owned the lot. The lot was hers. Okay. She had already had paid for it. Mm. And the guy said, oh, you owe me. To have, you know, Have and all this crap so he's like okay pay me this much and it's yours okay because she, what she did was she paid for it and never came to claim it that's what it was mm. so that's why he's like okay well give me this much money and I'll give it to you so then, that's what he did so what you're saying
0: is that she knew what was in so this is what I'm trying to clarify because this, yeah. this is kind of important so she kind of has an idea of what's in the lot yes okay perfect yes okay so I wasn't sure I, I, that was kind of lost on me a little bit mm-hmm. um it wasn't it wasn't at least for me it wasn't too clear it might just be because I'm a little I'm a little wacky when it comes to watching some of this stuff because I get yeah. I get a little scared and like I fucking zone out a little bit I guess I, I don't know but <laughs> like one of the things about this about these shows is they're really well shot lots of good color uh like like it just looks so good And uh, I'll get to one episode in particular that I really want to talk about in terms of Mm -hmm. how they handle the camera. But in this one, so homie, homie gets come, you know, comes in in the contact wearing one night. And then while he's leaving the lot or leaving the storage units, somebody attacks him and busts up his car. Right. Right. And so then that's when he goes to see the antique sale uh, reseller right he goes right. to see the antique person and he takes the giant table with him and he presents the table he gets all these fucking fantastic numbers he's ready to sell right Right. and then she calls somebody else he shows up and this person his name is um uh, his name is Roland he's played by Sebastian Rochi roche right. you know i don't know how to pronounce it again so apologize um but <laughs> so then like Roland is is german right and right. He has a pretty good idea of what they have. Like the antique, the first antique saleswoman, uh, I believe her name is Agatha. She uh, played by Martha Burns. She had a pretty decent idea of what right. they had going on. But like Roland was an expert, right? Mm-hmm. She knew that what they had was important. But he was the expert. He knew everything about this thing. Right. So he wants it. But what they figured out is like, it's a seance table to summon Mm -hmm. fucking demons. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. So I'm like, like right there, dude, if that was me, I'd be like, look, take this shit. You can have the lot too. give Mm. me whatever you want to give me. And I want out. I'm done. I'm done. This is where I'm done. Yeah, you know?
1: exactly. No. I would have been like, you know what? You, I'm, you, five bucks, take it all. I'm I i do not want to deal with this crap. Take it with you. No, but you know what? Free. Just take it. You no, know, no, no. I wouldn't even
0: do that. I would take the money. I wouldn't be I mm-hmm. wouldn't be that hasty. I would take okay. it's like you gave me the first number, whatever it was, three thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Fine, give it to me. Just give me the ten grand. You can have the table and the lot. It's all
1: yours. Mm-hmm. You don't know? ever contact me again. Don't ask me shit about the lot. Yeah, I, <laughs> I am
0: done. I am done. I don't want to have anything to do with the lot. I don't want to have anything. Mm-hmm. Dude, I would have done that the moment I saw that Nazi stuff. I saw that Nazi stuff, and the first thing in my head is going to be the shit that you talked about. Oh, the yep. fucking Nazis dealt with the supernatural and the fucking the sci-fi and all that. Na- I don't want anything to do with this fucking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have it be any. I don't want to be connected to anything going on. This just smells evil. I don't, you know? any, I don't want to deal with
1: any of it. You know, I'd be like, I'd be like, can I bring a priest just to bless this damn thing before I, or something? Dude, you I, know?
0: I I bring a priest.
1: I bring a rabbi.
0: I bring a fucking. I bring a fucking a, a monk from Tibet. I bring every spiritual fucking. Person that I can get my hands on to bless mm. the crap out of that fucking storage unit. Because there I'm wearing silver and <laughs> yes, carrying garlic, have dude. silver bullets, you oh, know, you got
1: a, a fucking flashlight full of sunlight, all that nonsense, dude. Fuck all that noise. Like, I would have been like, as soon as I saw the table, I was like, nope, there's something wrong here. Dude, you know, that, right? That table, that table looked fucked up. Dude, there I mean, was like a I, pentagram I, on that table, wasn't there? Right. There was a pentagram, but I would have been like, I smell blood. I'm out.
0: Peace. Dude, straight up. No, this motherfucker. OK, so like the other thing is that you don't that we're I mean, we we can say this because we have jobs and and and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, we got you. stuff going on for ourselves. Nick Appleton in the story, this homie, he's got nothing going on other than selling these lots right Then selling the That's crap it. out of these lots. And so like he struck a gold mine. He knows he's got something good. And so he's trying to milk it for everything mm-hmm. it's got but you see that this is the thing that fucking drives me nuts right he he brought the table and then the lady's like well or not the lady but the dude roland was like there's three books i think it was the dude there's three <gasps> books you only have two because there's like a secret compartment in the fucking, in the shelf right i forgot about that yeah there's, there's three t- books yeah there's two books and there's a third one and the third one has something to do with once The demon has been conjured because there's a demon associated with the way this table is laid out, and the books associated Mm -hmm. with it, and all that shit. So the 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 table is not just a séance table; it's for summoning evil fucking things from another world, right? Mm, Right. (laughs) Like again, why do you just, just you know like me? I was just like, I'm out. Just here, here's the fucking here's the key to the lock. Give me, give me. What would you say? five grand give me six grand we call it a day boom you can Mm -hmm. go fucking dig for the third book yourself in the lot i'm out don't call me don't write me a check give me fucking cash i'm out i'm done no homie Mm -hmm. homie doesn't want to just give everything up he wants to fish for the one book so he can continue selling all the other shit in the fucking lot
1: crazy (laughs) motherfucker. this
0: fucking like what?
1: So let's go find that dirt book dude.
0: yeah and then he takes homie with him right he takes rolling with him right and in the truck and the truck doesn't have a window right and so right. And plus homie like uh, uh, Nick went ahead and taped the front of the fucking window because the window got bashed in. So the, the the driver's side window got broken completely. And then the the windshield got cracked up and he duct taped that motherfucker up because that's how broken desperate this homie is. Right. Mm. So then Roland who's all like buttoned up and like with a tie and all fucking in a suit and neat and cut is sitting there. Like, can we please, you know, close the window? And then Nick is like, no, we can't, you know, like, do you think I want to fucking drive? with the fucking rain hitting me in the face you yeah, know? Exactly. <laughs> it's like we can't there's this is it man this is this is it, you know, like fuck off he was like you know and so so then these assholes and i don't want to call roland an asshole but you know he's an asshole by association because he's associated with nick but anyway these guys yeah. these guys show up to the fucking lot right and they're fucking okay the lot is creepy right But as you like one thing you don't realize is that as you're running around in the maze, there are several points throughout the maze where there's a dial and you turn that dial and it turns all the lights on. Right. For a time for 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 a duration of time. So like every five minutes or every minute or something, the lights come on and then they turn off and then you got to run over to a dial and turn it again and turn the lights back on. It's a small detail, but it kind of is pertinent so then homie homie nick and roland go up into that fucking storage unit and are digging around in that fucking storage unit but oh here's a detail bro remember the third book the reason the third book could be missing is because when you make a an incantation and you call forth a demon something about the third book either gets um uh, has to be like around the demon i forgot what the rules were there Mm
1: -hmm. i think the demon had to have it
0: yeah something like that or the the demon the demon is tied to it somehow that's why the book wasn't there right Mm -hmm. and so i think the
1: book was like his anchor to this world
0: so it was something weird like that right because the book was there okay so anyway so then they're rummaging around in the fucking storage unit and what happens they, fucking, they find find the room. They find the room. So like they start beating around on the walls by accident, and they found like that it was hollow. And they moved this this wall,
1: and they found the fucking passageway. Oh, dude! At that point, I, I'm sorry. At that point, I would have been like, Nah! If yeah. you want, we'll go get it yourself. Just give me my money. I'm gone. Fuck it, it. Everything in here is yours. Just give me the money. Yeah, but not. But that dude's too fucking greedy, bro. Damn. He won't he
0: won't let Homie go in there by himself, right? Hmm. Cuz there's too much shit going, there's too much money to be to be fucking one here. So Homie goes in there with him. And, and he's an irate asshole too. Like he's just like you know, like everything sets him off. He's a little angry and he doesn't want to listen to this guy. He's, he thinks he knows what he's what he's doing. He rolls his eyes at all the mystical shit, which I don't blame him for, right? Right, right. Uh, but like you, like you said, bro, I would have been, I'm out. You know what? Let's come back during the day, right? Let's come back during the day. We bring the rabbi, the priest, the the, the Tibetan monk.
1: And, uh, you know, we like bring some fucking, host. I'm sorry. A fire hose full of holy water. Something, bro. Something. Something. Some yeah. kind of
0: fucking supernatural backup, right? You know? And so this guy goes in there and they go through this passageway, creepy ass passageway in my head i'm i'm saying fuck no <laughs> you see this is i think this is why nothing has ever happened to me that's like this you know yeah. cuz i you know i think most of us in this world has a sense where it's like okay you know what i'm out this is no this is where the axe murderer jumps out and chops my head off. I'm done. No, I'm not going into the fucking creepy hallway. No, like,
1: <laughs> you know? I've seen too many movies. No, I'm leaving. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm done. No. <laughs> Fuck that. I think, this, I think this is the part where Michael Myers shows up. I'm gone. I'm done. <laughs> call me yeah i quit
0: call me a chicken i don't give a fuck i'm out you yeah
1: I, I i really don't care I'm yeah i'm gone okay. Did, call, chicken i'm a super chicken bye well dude bye. Well, I'm going. can you call that okay so like think about it
0: in terms of like you know like uh you know us self-preservation Preservation? right mm-hmm. let's think about that right like are you do you is is it all like, oh, this is stupid, or is it? Do you not know, give a fuck about living, <laughs> right? Because like, at least for me, I want to live. I want to live, and if yeah. it, if it looks even half ass dangerous, and I haven't had any chance to like practice it or research it or any of, I'm not doing it. I'm not no. doing.
1: It. I'm not doing for it. For me, it would be. I would go down that hallway, and if I even saw something flicker, I'm gone. And like, look, um, give me my money. Yeah. But give me my money outside. Cause I you know, and let's go. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd be like a five-year-old, let's go. I don't want to be here. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I, I would I would be the same way. I'm like, okay, you can go down the hallway, but pay me first. Mm-hmm. You know, give me give me the five grand or whatever. I forgot how much he he promised. He was like, give me the five grand first. And if you make it back you can give me the other three grand or whatever it was to, to total the total you can the, owe me that money i'm gone <laughs> exactly Venmo, <laughs> venmo me that cash please uh yeah. you can send that to venmo you know et cetera et cetera yeah. i'm
2: gone i'm yeah. done exactly
0: exactly <laughs> zealot you got my number <laughs> you yeah. know that'll take care of everything i'm good you know once uh, I
1: received that money, I burned the phone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <here>. so, yeah.
0: <laughs> you wouldn't just, yo, that's expensive. You wouldn't just bless it, you know, like.
1: Uh, I don't know, bro. Like at that point, I'd be like, look, man, can I go to a church right now? No, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know <want> fucking <laughs> evil spirits <laughs> coming through the, the cell phone. With, with the, tel- the 10 grand I just got, I could buy another one. Okay.
0: <laughs> Exactly. You could use one grand of that 10 grand to buy yourself a mm-hmm. new iPhone and shit.
1: Shit, I like throw it on the ground, put salt around it, and fucking let it on fire. And oh. fucking throw, say a rosary on top of it and shit.
0: Oh, so that brings us to the next point, right? So now mm-hmm. these guys, they get down to the fucking hallway, right? And right. There's, there's like a monster, a straight up fucking monster on the ground. Right. And it's creepy looking, and it looks hollow, right? Right, right, right. And on top of that, like, oh, no, it's not even a monster. It's like a corpse with a hole in it. Right. And there's, like, this pentagram on the ground that's made with, like, a salt or some kind of uh, grain or something. And yeah, that's it's how. like
1: a salted grain. Uh, holy salt. Is that what it yeah. is? Because it's, like, refined. Mm. It's not, like, real, like, table salt or anything like that. It's, like, refined, like salt has been like been like it looks more like um powdered sugar at one point
0: yeah Yeah. so yeah exactly and also it was like red
1: yeah because it's like supposedly i've read that that type of uh salt has the blood of jesus on it
0: oh for christ's sake
1: (laughs) christ there you go christ's sake for christ's sake (laughs) yeah oh
0: shit (laughs) dude Uh, you see, and, and none of this is like, this guy's so thick. He's none of his registering, like, you know? And so what does he do? Stupid ass. That's what he does. He kicks it. He He walks over it. Oh, like a dumb ass. And he fucking breaks the circle, releases the demon. And then all hell breaks loose. Right. So like the the demon kills Roland, right? Right away. Right away. First thing. I'm like yeah. that dude is the Giles, right? Exactly. Like in, in Buffy, right? Right. He's the guy who knows everything. He should know how to be able to handle himself around the demon. He should have had something ready to go, you know, like because he knows all been, this shit.
1: Yeah. He okay. That point there, you knowing all this shit, and you see this shit down there. That's what have been. You're like, you know what? Let's come back with an army of priests, and let's go find us some slayers or some crap, and come back when the sun is out. Exactly. You know, me being the big brain, will do that. Hmm. But instead, he's like, "Ooh, let's look at the dead body. Oh, what's that? There's a hole in it. Let's." And dumbass oh. fucking kicks the fucking salt. Well, it wasn't even that. He he was like, "Oh, there's the book.
0: There's my money." Right. And he, and he started. He just walked across the room, and then Roland was like, "Hold on, don't do that shit. You're gonna fucking fuck this all up." And then Homie just walked right into it as he was talking. He's like, "Fuck it." Shut the fuck up. I'm walking through here. I'm gonna get my money. And so he walks right through the fucking floor and sets everything off. And so now this monster's chasing homie, right? right. So like he's running through the, he sees that it's a monster and it kills Roland. And finally he's like, oh shit, I think I need to take this seriously now, right? right, right. So, so then now homie's running around through fucking, through the, you know, through the maze and he's yeah. turning on the light, trying to get around but the light only lasts a minute. So then the light helps him get to where he needs to get, but then right. it turns off and that helps the monster, you know, stalk him. Right. Right. So like you got this on off thing going on and the monster hiding in the darkness that he can't see. And then he keeps popping up on him, scaring the shit out of him. And so finally he gets to a fucking door. Right. And at the other right. side of the door, it's is Amelia the Latin lady right. that he fucking exactly. has been an asshole to. And he's like knocking on the, on the door and he's like, look, I'll give you whatever you want. Let me out. And she just fucking puts the hook on, on the other side mm-hmm. and leaves him. And I'm like, I think, Damn. I think she said,
1: you get what you paid for. Something like that. Is that what she said? I, I want to say she said that. Cause that sounds appropriate. Rem- yeah. I can't remember <laughs> if she said that or not,
0: but Yeah. But yeah, so she got her. It wasn't like she got. It wasn't like she was given vengeance. It was more like she he he got his comeuppance, right? Exactly. You know. Exactly. So because she, this is what made made me confused because I wasn't sure whose lot it was. But now that you've kind of told me that it's possibly hers, it makes sense because then she already knew that there was a monster in there, Mm -hmm. and she's like, "Fuck it!" You know, like she was probably thinking, like, first off, you got you got what you got coming. Mm-hmm. But second, like I can't let that monster out, right. right? And then Homie gets eaten by the monster.
1: Like she probably knew, and then she knew she needed to, like feed it, to leave it lo- to and leave it where it's at and stuff. I'm like, oh shit, because at the, the end she she heard it. Mm-hmm. She heard it. She I think she even seen it, and that's when she put the hook on. Like, yeah. Like you get your come up, it's motherfucker. That's right. About that, loco forever, and she for, walked away <laughs> straight up, bro. So each one of
0: these has a little bit of a like uh, a moral to the story, right? Mm-hmm. And the moral to this story is basically don't be a greedy asshole, right? Don't True. be mean. Don't be mean to people, and don't be so blinded by greed that you're just gonna like not pay attention to what you're doing. Because Ugh. it's gonna come and bite you in the ass. You gotta. Exactly. You can't be that greedy. You gotta let shit go, <laughs> brother. Woo! Crazy, bro. Crazy for sure. So that is the first one, right? The second one is
1: graveyard rats, right? And that's it's, um, it's uh, let me see. The overall on this one was a grave robber. <laughs> Grab our eyes, the riches of the wealthy new arrival in the cemetery, but must survive a maze of tunnels and an army of rodents that secure them. Yeah. So this, this is uh, directed
0: by Vicen- Vicen- Vincenzo Natali mm-hmm. or Vincenzo Natali. I'm assuming that maybe he's Italian. Uh, writers are Henry Kudner and it's based on a short story again by Guillermo del Toro. And it stars David Hellwit, Alexander Illing, and Ish Morris. So, dude, take us through the story, man. Mason, <laughs> Masson, is it Mason or Masson?
1: I want to say Mason. Because it's
0: two S's. Anyway, so this cat, Masson, Mason, uh, is played by David Hel- Helwit. I've never seen him
1: in anything, but what a great actor he was in this yeah, one. Yeah, he, he was pretty good in this one. I liked him. Um, also, there was a Alexander Eline, which who is Burton. Mm-hmm. I I I want to say Aish Morrison, who played Harry. And Corey Bertrand, who played Widow's son, whoever the hell he is. So, um, the story is that character masson let's say i think his name is masson okay Ma- masson owes money to a debt collector okay so he stops two grave robbers from robbing a grave okay thinking the truth is he it looks like he's a police officer or something like that but honestly what he is he's a robber himself yeah he's a crook yeah okay that was so clever right it was it was very clever i like i was thrown off by that i like that type of i you know little spin to it Mm -hmm. you know so when he goes to pay off what he owes he finds out that it's not even real so the guy tells him look i've been letting you slide for a couple weeks now and he goes you haven't produced anything he goes what's to stop me from killing you and just collect what you have in the house now right so he tells him that he blames the rats the rats have been gathering the gold at the graveyard so he's like i'm gonna give you one more week so mason goes to the mortician where he's been getting the um the information of where these guys are going to get buried so he can take their golds or whatever, whatever they get buried with, you know? So then he finds out there's a very, very rich guy who's getting buried pretty soon. He can't wait. He is excited that this guy is dead. Okay. (laughs) So excited that he can't, he, he wanted to take the shit now. Yeah. But he says, you can't, they want an open casket, you know, because he died naturally. You know, and I was like, okay, so you you lucked out, but he knows where he's gonna get buried. So he goes home all excited and everything, and he starts hearing the rats running around his running around the roof. I mean, the ceiling, the walls, and stuff like that. Right. He wakes up in a dream and he keeps seeing this pentagram in his dream. Okay, that's why I say the stories are all linked in some way. Mm. Okay, so. The day of the funeral, he actually acts like he's a friend of the family, right? So once he's buried, he starts digging like there's no tomorrow. Dig, 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 dig. When he when he hits the grave, I mean, the coffin, he hears noises. He can't believe what it is. He says, he starts shaking his head. No, 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 no. He opens it up and it's the rats. The rats already have been in there and took all the guy's gold. That's so fucking crazy. Crazy, right? Yeah. He freaks out and jumps in to grab it. He mm-hmm. goes through a hole, falls down, goes falls into a maze of like tunnels where these rats have been stealing the gold, right? So then all of a sudden, he starts seeing, he starts hearing something big, right? And what it is. It's a crazy giant-ass albino rat. Yeah. Okay, so he starts running away, trying to get away from it and all this crazy stuff. He ends up falling down another tunnel. And what he ends up doing is falling down this tunnel, falls into a, to me, it looked like a temple. A temple that was buried under the gravesite, you mm-hmm. know? And it has the pentagram. and has a, a creepy-looking statue there, Right. And everything. But then at the bottom of the statue, lo and behold, it's all the gold that this guy ever needs. He was so fucking happy. He was so happy. I I don't want to say this out loud, but I bet you he nutted like a couple of times. (laughs) You know, so he ends up grabbing all, grabbing what he can and he actually finds a weapon, which is I want to say a knife, right? Knife uh,
0: I, I Yes, he had like some kind of knife that he found or had on him. I can't remember, but yeah, he had, there was a knife.
1: Right. So then he's happy to have the knife. He sees the rat, but when he's, as he's grabbing the gold, I don't know how this even happened, but the statue came to life.
0: No. So it wasn't the statue. So there was a statue. Uh huh. That was like some kind of demon statue. Right. But then across from the statue, like directly across there mm-hmm. was there was a dead like mummified body right, right 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 and then the 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 mummified body had like a gold chain that was around its neck and it was right. like it like looked like no it wasn't a cross it was like it was it was a weird thing it, it was like it was there was like a circle in the center And then there was like a starburst to it, but it was only like half a starburst. Right, right. So like there was like, like, you know how you would see the rays of sunshine? It was only the bottom part that had the rays of sunshine. The top didn't have any rays. So the center was a circle. The bottom had sunshine rays. Top, no, no sunshine rays. It was weird. And um, he went and took that fucking necklace off the corpse. and then. The corpse up, woke up and started yelling, mine. So, like, something about the corpse and that statue and that little weird temple that we're talking about there, they're associated, right? Like, you get the sense that, okay, so, like, this guy worshipped that monster d- demon statue thing and mm-hmm. it gave him, like, unnatural afterlife, right? Right. but like he was cursed with uh living with all his gold all the treasure and so yeah. somehow either the statue or the or the or the giant rats <laughs> or the the mummified corpse one of these three characters had made it so that the rats would tunnel through the the graveyard and steal all the gold i want to say it was I- Go ahead. The mummy. I want to say it was a mummy. That's what I was leaning towards, too. I think it's yeah, the mummy.
1: Yeah, he probably controlled the rats to gather all the gold mm-hmm. and drop it in front of the statue. Yeah. Yep. It's so, crazy. Yeah,
0: but something about, I don't know if he was, I, I wasn't 100% sure if just the necklace, him getting the necklace taken off of him, activated him or turned, you mm-hmm. know, woke him up, or if it was. If he would have came after him, even with just him stealing the the loot that was there. I think the necklace was was the key.
1: I think so, too, because that's when he woke up. That's, right? that's what kept him calm, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, and then as soon as you take it off, he's like, "That's mine. You yeah. know? And that's what that's he crazy. said. He, he chased after a homie. He's yelling, mine, mine, mine. Mm-hmm. Right? And then as he's trying to escape... He's confronted again with the rat, the giant rat, you know, and and they get a little tussle. But at the same time, the mummy's chasing him. Yeah, you know, first of all, I'm not in good in any confined space. Uh-huh. Okay, dude, I would have I would have stayed where I was at. I'm not gonna. If I'm gonna fight, I gotta fight somewhere where I have room to. Trust me, I'm gonna sit on you. Well, one of these won't <laughs> happen. Okay, and I need room for that. And me wiggling in the tunnels is not gonna. Mm, anything can get. Anything could happen. No.
0: It, yeah, no. and that's the other thing too that I think we're, we're we've uh, we failed to mention earlier is that you're right. There is a sense of claustrophobia oh. while you're running around in the in the in the maze, right? And so right. part of part of what happens to him while he's running around is he gets stuck here and there. Yeah. And so he got clever at the end there. I thought he had, you see, this is where I was like, oh, he's going to make it out. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he gets, he gets to a point where he's got, he's got the, the fucking, the queen rat coming at him from one side Mm -hmm. and the, and the corpse greedy monster thing on the other end. And he's trapped and he doesn't know how to deal with it, but, and there's this giant rock. That he sees right above his head in one of the tunnels he's in. And so he's trying to like loosen the rock so that it could maybe cover the tunnel where the rat is coming. But now he sees that the fucking corpse is coming from the other side. So he's trying to figure out what do I do? I don't have a lot of options here. Right. Right. So I forgot what he did exactly, but he managed to drop, I think, the rock. On the mummy. On the mummy. And he stabbed the shit out of the rat. Right. And then he made his way out, and here's the crazy part, right? Uh Remember, he saw the sunshine. Yeah, and he was like chasing. He started, you know, you know, making his way towards this light,
1: and it looked like
0: it was the end of the tunnel, right? Mm -hmm. And so he's digging his way through, and he, you know, he squeezes and he manages to get all the way through, and he gets to the top of that tunnel, and it's the top, all right. But what happens is he just ends up being in another, in another casket. Exactly. And the silver thing that he, or the shiny thing that he saw wasn't really sunlight or moonlight or anything. It was a reflection of a metal piece that was like a metal plate on the inside of a casket. And it right. was probably reflecting his flashlight.
1: Mm-hmm. That's basically what it was. Dude. Cause back in the day they used to put mirrors in the caskets. Oh really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why Creepy is that? Shit. Creepy shit. Uh, I think it was so that, oh, damn, why did they do that? Uh, it's either a lining or a mirror. It was a mirror, like a metal shiny plate. Don't know. I did. Uh, I want to say so that you can knock on it to let people know you were alive instead of dead. Uh, they suspend
0: the mirror from the coffin lid in order to eliminate illuminate the corpse. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Uh, enough <laughs> of that nonsense. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So this one, this <laughs> one is just as so. This one's interesting because the first, the first two, the first one was definitely supernatural. The second one was a little less supernatural, but you know, but. Uh, still, kind of like you still have like supernatural things happening because you have like a mm-hmm. zombie, and then you have the giant rat and weird Satan temp- temple to like greedy monsters. But there then you. now we have the autopsy. So the autopsy, um, is directed by David Pryor. Uh, Pryor. Writers David S. Goyer, Michael she, Uh It's is based on a story again by a short story by Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. And it stars uh, F. Murray Abraham, who plays Dr. Carl Winters, Glenn Truman Turman, I'm sorry, Sheriff Nate Craven. And those are like the two main characters. Then there is Luke Roberts, who plays Joe Allen, and then it goes on from there. And then there are several other characters in the story. So this story According to the synopsis that you find in IMDb, a seasoned sheriff investigates the dead body in the woods and calls on his old pal, a medical examiner, to help piece together a series of chilling events. So this story is really interesting because it jumps around a little bit. Right. It starts with some crazy dude landing on top of an elevator in the mine shaft while these miners are going up in the shaft or going down down in the shaft. Right. and Right. So as they're going down in the shaft, this guy lands on top of the fucking, the freight elevator. And then when the freight elevator clears the next floor, when it clears enough for him to jump out, he jumps out, rolls on the ground, runs around in the fucking, in the, in the mine and throws out what looks to be some kind of weird, fleshy bomb. Mm-hmm. The bomb goes off. And then the, cave uh is covered in dust and it's presumed that the people died right mm-hmm. then <clears throat> we start with this story it picks up with this sheriff so then he calls his friend right right a the sheriff who is again played by f murray abraham that's dr carl winters and you don't you don't they don't tell you right away who he is exactly mm-hmm. you know he's an old friend of the sheriff Right. But later on, you find out that he's a medical examiner. So this old guy, he shows up and we find out that he's associated with Glenn or I'm sorry, Nate uh, Craven. And the sheriff is like they, they have a rapport. They're, they're good friends.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: they're going through a series of events that happened recently. Right. So he tells this story over again. He finds this body. Right. They figure out, oh, no, people are missing. Right.
1: Well, they have, they have the bodies of the coal miners in the autopsy room. Okay. So they're, they're trying to identify who's who. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point he's there. But That's, they do yeah. identify the guy who actually set off the bomb, the flesh bomb. Yes. And that was, that was Joe Allen. Correct. Okay. So they know who he is. Okay. Dr. Carl Winters tells Sheriff, Nate, that he's dying. Yes. He has cancer. And supposedly this is his last case. Yeah. He's got like six months to live or something. Exactly. Six months to live. Right. And then the sheriff tries to convince him, you know, I didn't know this was going on. Maybe she leave this to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And he goes, nope, I want to do this. So he wants to at least solve one more crime or investigate what would happen. Okay. So throughout the, throughout the day, throughout the night, he starts invest starts identifying people okay then he gets to i think he gets he's about to go to joe when he hears a noise and he doesn't know what it is so he starts he he thinks he's hallucinating or something but when he sees joe get up he i think i think he passes out or he freaks out or something
0: so like uh, before you go to the point where he's in the autopsy in the autopsy there's still mm-hmm. the the whole like because it's broken up into like three parts right. so we start with that story like when the guy blows up the mine, but that's mm-hmm. like somewhere in the middle of the story like, but they exactly. put that in the beginning so they're doing a little bit of like a quentin tarantino like jump around storytelling thing mm-hmm. then glenn truman Uh, while they were in the office he they go back and forth and he tells the story of like how they found the body in the woods and they were doing some investigating like missing people and then they they tracked down uh, Joe Allen who was missing but Joe Allen had a different name I can't remember what the name was and so they were following Joe Allen because there's been some like series of missing persons related to Joe Allen remember Mm -hmm. and so then They find Joe Allen. They track him down to a mine, um, to a a coal mine, I think. And dude gets spotted. Dude knows he's spotted. And so the sheriff is like, Joe Allen. And dude's like, fuck. And he runs, right? Mm -hmm. He actually, actually, at that point, Glenn Turman had found that fleshy bomb thing.
1: Which happens to be, I think uh, They show in the beginning that that was a meteorite Yeah, they thought it was a meteorite They
0: found mm-hmm. it in, in Joe Allen's apartment Right? And they confiscated right. it They put it in the back seat of the, of the squad car And then went to find him at the, at the mine They go to the mine Homie shows up The sheriff, Nate Craven, finds him Spots him Yells out his name Joe Allen freaks out Or doesn't really freak out, actually He's more like planning like he's he's mm-hmm. he's got like a look of determination and he's like he runs up to the car breaks the window of the of the squad car takes the bomb runs through the mine lands and then that's where the story kind of catches up with the story before he lands he jumps through the mine he runs through the mine gets to where the freight elevator is but the freight elevator is already going down and he jumps on top of the freight elevator and then he blows up the mine right and so it seemingly appears that he kills himself and everybody in there. And that's where the story picks up from where you're talking about. He's in the coroners, they go to the coroner uh, autopsy exam- room.
1: Yeah, the exam room.
0: In the exam room, and then that's where the you're right. He's like starts seeing things.
1: Mm-hmm. So at that point there, I don't I totally don't remember what happened after that point. I think he either passes out and he finds himself tied to the autopsy table so there's a little bit that
0: happens there he's Mm -hmm. like he's like examining the the bodies and he and it's consistent with with some evidence that you know they think that it's a bomb or whatever and so like Mm -hmm. they're looking through stuff and he's he's cutting bodies open and stuff and then for whatever reason he finds a puncture wound in one of the bodies exactly he does And he, he wonders like what's going on with the puncture wound. So he cuts open the body and it's completely drained of blood and everything inside of it looks gray. Right. And and it's funny because prior to that, he did a, he, he cut open a body and it was all fleshy and red and it looked fresh, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And this did not look like that. It looked, it looked almost dry and gray And so he was like, what's going on here, right? So then he starts going through all the other bodies, right? He starts getting really curious. But then something, this is what I didn't get. Something in his his head had said to him, get out. And he's like, Mm -hmm. why should I get out? What am I running from? He like talked out to whatever it was and it never responded. And I was, I, I did, that wasn't clear what the hell did that because it couldn't have been the monster or the creature that was in there. No, we'll come back to that. But anyway, so yeah, he's in the corner. He he starts pulling bodies on and he starts examining and he's recording this whole thing at this whole, the whole time, every, everybody cuts up, he's recording. He's got a little step, um, lever that he turns on the recording with Mm -hmm. and he starts talking about what he's finding and so he's writing a report for the whole examination right so one of the things he says is that this tape this recording is just for you my friend for you Nate right so as he's talking through what he's doing and what he's finding and examining he's referring to Nate the whole time then finally he discovers that Joe Allen might be like something he should look at and that's you're right that's where he gets knocked out right he he falls asleep or what the fuck happens i can't remember
1: i think he blacks out he something blacks out yeah right he's about, I think he does bring he rolls in the body of joe and something tells him that's the point where he tells him get out mm. and he's like and then he just blacks out and the next Actually, thing you know he i think he wakes, he wakes up uh, on the exam table himself yes Mm
0: -hmm. So I think the get out part happened a little earlier than that. But you're right. He walks into the room where all the bodies are and he knocks out. Then that's when he wakes up on the examination table naked with Joe Allen right next to him. And he's Joe Allen's walking around and he's, you know, he's monologuing. He's doing the villain monologue thing. So He's telling him everything and he's telling him everything. He's giving up everything. He's because he's assuming that this guy's dead. Like he's, he's going to be mm-hmm. so he tells him that that bomb wasn't a bomb. It was actually his spaceship. And that that fucking thing that that body he's walking around, by the way, is like a fucking zombie. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like talking. He's got like no eyes and shit. And he's like no pupils in his eyes. He's like talking and he's like corroding and he's disgusting. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he's giving up everything. He's like, Oh yeah, we fly through space and we, we, we travel light. That's why we're so small. But then we jump into bodies and we use your senses and your memories and all that stuff and rewrite along. And we can, we basically take over your body and your life. Right. And so he was, he was just gushing information. Right. And this monster is like super smart. And so he's telling him like, you you being a corner would be perfect so then i can eat cuz we need to eat basically i guess he, they need to suck the blood out of humans mm-hmm. or animals and so they li- they live off the blood of of creatures and so he's like you'll be perfect i'll be i'll be fed all the time i won't starve and nobody will even think of, think twice about what happens to these bodies right mm-hmm. and so it was going to be the perfect cover and the whole time the doctor dr curl winters Carl Winters is sitting there biding his time. He's making Mm -hmm. him talk. He's getting information out of the guy, but he's paralyzed. He can only use one arm. Somehow the monster, the creature that's inside the the fucking zombified body of Joe Allen has managed to uh, paralyze most of his body except for one arm so that he can continue to operate on himself. Because what the monster needs to do at this point is transfer himself from the rotting corpse into the new fleshy body
1: Mm -hmm. of the
0: old man, right? And so the old man is like, you don't understand. I have cancer. You're not going to live long. And he's like, it doesn't matter. Cancer is going to be a delicious little fucking treat for us. We're going to get in your body. We're going to eat up the cancer. And then we're just going to continue living on in your body which was fucking nuts to me. Like they they would, that monster would cure him of cancer, but of course he's not going to be himself. Right. You you lose your humanity. Yeah. And that's the other creepy thing too, right? Like Mm -hmm. the monster was able to allow Joe (laughs) Allen to continue seeing what's happening. He's riding along. He's like in the back seat, but he can't do shit. Exactly. And so everything that's happening, Joe Allen is feeling it. He's no, he knows it's happening and he can't stop it what a fucking awful existence but anyway like so uh, Joe Allen is I mean so the monster inside Joe Allen cuts open his body right he's careful he's even he even mentions this he's careful not to cut any of the of the structure that that helps him move his arms right but, but cuts his body open plays himself so that the monster can crawl out And so there's like, there seems to be some kind of motif because there was like always a thing with spiders throughout the, the, there's always a thing with spiders throughout the the show. Mm -hmm. And so this creature comes out and it looks a little bit like an octopus, a little bit like a spider, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, uh, it's got like tentacles, right? And so it just moves over from the one body into the next. And so he's got these long tentacles that's like going through the extremities of the corpse of joe allen and so he's still moving the arms as he's transferring himself over to the body right and so once he clears out the body he cuts a sliver off the body of carl winters but the monster can't see he doesn't have any senses of his own right which is something we find out because of all the questioning that the doctor was was doing during the time he was trying to bite his time so as this monster comes out of the out of Joe Allen and is trying to transfer himself into the doctor, the monster is like with its tentacles is trying to look for where the cut is so that he can enter through the body. But he can't. Right. It's, it's having trouble because it doesn't have any senses of its own. And so while this monster is trying to like do stuff, the the body of Joe Allen freezes up. Right. It goes straight into rigor mortis and then just hands over the knife. Right. And so the knife is held out like that. And so the doctor grabs the knife and tries to stab the monster with it, but he can't because he's tied up with this like uh, like the rubber tubing that they use for like for like taking your blood pressure. So he's got like some rubber tubing holding him back and he can't cut the monster. He's too far away from him. And so there's not much he can do. It's close to his face. So what does he do? This fucking hero, dude. This old man. I was like, this, I like this one, by the way. I was like, this man is a fucking badass. He says, yes. I'm not going to let this fucking monster like, live on in my body and take over and possibly reproduce. He starts killing his senses. So he kills his ears. He stabs himself with the syringe in his ear. Or not the syringe, the scapel. He takes scalpel. that scalpel. Sticks it in his ear, sticks it in his other ear, stabs his eyes out, and then cuts his own throat. And so then the monster finally makes his way into the body of the doctor. And as he's going into the body, he's like, what the fuck happened in here? Like, what was going on? And the doctor is talking to him in his mind. They're talking like telepathy or something or whatever. And they're sitting there having this conversation. And the doctor's like, you ain't getting anywhere with this body. I blinded myself. You can't hear. This is, you're not going to be able to do shit. And I slipped my throat. You're not going to live long. You're not going to make it for very long. You're going to bleed out. And that's the end of the story for you. And so you're thinking, shit, this badass old man did that because he's dying anyway, right?
1: Exactly. And he's, he's like, easy. go ahead. It's like, it's, all, it's, it's worth it. He's like, he's like saying, you know what? what I got to lose? I'm going to die anyway. Yeah. I'd rather die than live inside of... Live like this. Yeah. Because he would have lived forever. Yeah, he would have. Because
0: this this monster would have cured him of cancer. But he said, fuck it. I'm dead. I'm dead now. And so, Mm -hmm. like, let's go out with a fucking bang. This fucking guy stabs himself in the eyes, bro. What a... What a fucking badass, bro. And then... And then, like, you're thinking, is he going to die fast enough? Because as he's dying... Sheriff Nate Craven is called co- he's walking down the hall in the corners, uh, in the corner's office. Right. So he's walking right. around and you're thinking, is the doctor going to going to pass fast enough before this thing will maybe find Nate and t- try to jump into Nate? Right. Mm-hmm. He's dead. And the brilliant thing about this guy. So Nate walks in. The doctor's dead. He sees all this crazy shit happening, right? He sees his be- he sees his good friend on a fucking table, you know, dead. And he sees another naked body right next to him, dead. And he's like, what the fuck is going on, right? He left a note on his body, bro. Yeah. While he was dead and while he was dying, bleeding out, getting taken over by a fucking alien. He wrote a message on his fucking body. I forgot what the message was. It was something like, listen I to the tape. He,
1: listen to the tape and burn the body.
0: Oh, burn this body. That's what yeah. it said. It said burn this body. And, or, and I think it also said listen to the tape. So then he goes and listens, like you listen to the tape, right? And you know he had recorded. That's one of the things he told the alien. He's like, like, this whole conversation that you and I had was recorded. And my friend's going to listen to that recording, and they're going to know what's up and you're going to be dead and this is all going to be over and they're going to burn this body
1: mm. bro
0: like that a trooper, one i liked bro. huh yeah
1: that, like a trooper
0: like a trooper bro i like that one a lot bro yeah, that, that one was... that one was not nearly as scary it was more of like a triumphant one man i I, right. I i mean the dude was at the tail end of his life and he fucking went out swinging bro exactly he was like a champ, bro. I love that story. That story was good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this one was interesting because the monster in the story was the one who needed to learn the moral of the story. Right. Whereas before the victims were the ones who, who had to learn something. The, the true protagonist in this story was not the hero of the story. Who was the doctor? The true protagonist right. was the, the the alien because the alien learns that he should not be what's the word? So arrogant.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say cocky.
0: Yeah, you yeah, know? it's the same word. Yeah, yeah. Don't be cocky about who you are. Yeah, you don't know? don't be arrogant because he you know he he's bragging about how he's so smart and he travels through the through the through the universe and he takes over these bodies and he just uses them and he talks about all this shit like he's like the superior being and dr carl winters calls him up and he calls him a yep. parasite and he's like you're so egotistical you don't even realize you're just a fucking parasite you don't have mm-hmm. anything of your own you have to fucking steal from other people yeah that crazy bro that was an interesting one. I think that was the most clever one because again, there was a moral to the story, just like all the other ones, except the monster had to learn the moral of the story, you know? So like, that was True. really interesting. So let's move on to the next one. And this mm-hmm. will be our last one for this part of the episode, uh, which is the outside,
1: the outside. Mm-hmm. So why don't you take us through the outside? Okay, first of all, the actress Kate. I always I always get this wrong name wrong. Uh, Mich- Michi, 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 Mikuchi, Mikuchi, right? Mi- Mi- Mikuchi,
0: I think. Mikuchi.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I'm saying that wrong because this sounds naughty. All right, Kate. Her name's Kate. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who plays Stacy? Who actually plays a? Um, how can I say nerdy? nerdy or out of out of place person work where she works at and she works as a a teller at a bank all right and she wants to be in the in crowd okay because she hears all these girls are gossiping and she just wants to be part of that right So she she's married to a um,
0: Keith who is played by Martin Starr. So hold on, before you get any further, let me uh, run down mm-hmm. the director and the writers and all that real quick. Sure, It's no directed by Anna Lily uh, Amirpour. Writer is Haley Z. Boston, Emily Carroll, and based on the short story by Guillermo del Toro. And like you were saying, it stars Kate Micucci, Martin Starr, Dan Stevens, Kylie Evans, and several other actresses who are fantastic in it. But anyway, uh, continue, I'm sorry.
1: Okay, no problem. So... What happens is, is that she just wants to belong. Okay. And it's around Christmas time as well. So her husband, who happens to be a deputy at the sheriff's office, is um, telling her that she's fine. She's okay. There's no need for you to be any different than who you are. Right. All, everything that a husband should do to reassure his wife. Right. Yeah. But she just keeps wanting to belong. Right. So what she ends up happening is that she gets invited to a Christmas party, which happens to be a, like a Avon party. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> who is, um, who Gina, Gina throws, like, she's trying to promote this new, um, lotion that supposedly it, it takes away the wrinkles, makes you look young, makes you feel young. Right. So she gets invited to this party and it's in pretty much, like I said, an Avon party. So she starts giving out gifts and it's the same product. Yeah. Right. So Kate, um, by the way, she is a, what do you call it? Oh, she's a taxidermist. Taxidermist. Okay. She's a taxidermist, right? There's a little clip where she's actually outside hunting a duck and she kills it and she starts stuffing it and all that stuff so <clears throat> jumped ahead of the story she's she presents this gift gift to to gina and it's the stuffed duck right so gina ends up giving her the lotion right but the lotion has a bad reaction to her she starts Her face starts getting red. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is making it seem like the lotion is the best thing in the world. And, you know, they're rubbing it on their faces. They're touching their faces like, like, it's crazy. So when she does it, she starts getting a rash. Yeah. You know, and she goes home. She's embarrassed about what happened. So she, her husband works the night shift. Excuse me. So she's watching a commercial, an infomercial. For the lotion, yeah, right. So, uh, the I forgot the name of the guy. Oh, um
0: the Aloe Glow, the Aloe Glow man, played by Dan Stevens.
1: Right, <laughs> he he starts talking to her. Yeah, through the TV, he goes, "You know you want this. I can make you. I want. I can make you beautiful than them. They'll envy you." Yeah, buy my lotion. Yeah. That's pretty much what he's saying. Buy my lotion. Do you want to yeah. belong? Do you yeah. want to be the person? Buy the lotion. And what does she end up doing? She buys a crate of this stuff.
0: Yeah. Eventually I, she she breaks down and she buys a crate, right? She buys like a
1: full crate of this stuff, right? Her husband is trying to convince her you don't need that stuff. you know. But she's like, I just want to belong and this is how I'm going to belong. I just want you to have faith in me. And he goes, I have faith in you so there's no need for this. But hey, she she ignores him, you know, because she wants to be beautiful. She wants to be the the way the person everybody envies at one point. Hey, who does it?
0: Yeah, you know? and he, and Keith, the Martin star, the, her husband, he play he he objects, but not very strongly at, at first, right? He just right. kind of like, well, fine, just whatever, just be careful, and you know, just you know, he just keeps going until it keeps getting worse, right? And then he gets right. more and more. Uh he he objects a little more and more as it gets worse and worse. But yeah, in, initially he's like, please stop doing that. You know, you're lovely just right. the way you are, blah blah blah. And he tries to tell her,
1: but she won't listen, right? No, so- she will not listen because yeah. she wants to be she wants to be somebody different. She doesn't want to be this person anymore, mm. right? So then she starts waking up in the middle of the night and she turns on the TV and there's Hello, Glow Man. He's there again. Hey, why'd you stop using it? Come on, man. You know you want that body. You know yeah. you want that skin to glow. And she's like, "Is he goes? Oh. He goes. If you want it, you'll do it. You know." So yeah. she ends up putting more cream on her face, and now her skin is peeling. At this point, you know, not only her hands, but her, her face, her legs, everything is peeling. Right. So. From there, the husband comes and says, All you're doing is hurting yourself. You're burning yourself up you're, for no reason. For what? For this, it's not it's not real. Right? So she wakes up, she go, they both go to bed, and they find out that she goes to the basement and starts seeing that the the crate is spilling over. Right? Yeah. So it's spilling over, it actually takes shape right yeah at one point she comes
0: down right she 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 goes down there a couple of times and finally at one point she has a real bad argument with her husband and in the fit of uh in like a kind of like a fit a little bit she runs downstairs and then that's when she finds like a mannequin like figure made of lotion standing in the basement
1: right which is creepy at one point you know i'm like no this is not happening. I would yeah. have, I would have been out the door. Uh, Slimer. No, not for me. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So she actually embraces it. Yeah. Right. Cause this is what she wants. She wants something different. Right. And that's when the husband is looking for her and tells her, what are you doing? And he goes, go back to bed. And she's like, it's real. It's real. It's this and that. You never believed in me, and all this. Like I believe in you. I loved you. I married you for this wrong reason. So, what does she end up doing? She kills him. Yeah. You know. She like and stabs
0: this, him in the head with a scalpel.
1: Right. It, was it a scalpel or scissors?
0: No, it was a scalpel because she uses a scalpel to like slice open, the the animals that she stuffs.
1: So she's like literally stabs him in the middle of the head, right?
0: Yeah, she stabbed him right in the fucking head. And then dude just goes haywire, (laughs) not haywire, but like his brain stops working correctly. And he's like, oh, how deep is this? There's a lot of blood on my face. He gets like really kind of weird and silly, but like in a terrifying way, you know, and and then she but like before she came up, she was like like one thing that I wanted to mention was she was in the basement with the creamy monster. And there seems to be a similarity, I don't know if you've noticed, and they also placed a, a few of these things in the basement so that as they pan through the basement, you see it, but the inside of what goes in, I didn't know this, by the way, but the inside of what goes into a, a, a stuffed animal or a, an animal that's been, you know, cut open and stuffed, mm-hmm. they have like a structure that they put inside of it. Right. And it's usually kind of shaped a little bit like a body, so it'll have like the form of ribs and a oh, stomach. Oh, the styrofoam, the
1: styrofoam yeah. uh, figure, yes.
0: Yeah, the styrofoam yeah. figure. So there's mm-hmm. there seems to be uh, like a similarity between the styrofoam figures that she uses for her taxidermy and the creamy monster that was standing with was standing in front of her when she got to the basement. Right, So, like, you got the sense of, like, oh, this thing is going to go inside of her and replace her insides, right? Right, exactly. But, you know, the the funny thing was, or the weird, creepy thing was, is that she went down there and she started making out with it.
1: Yeah, she did. She did. It was creepy. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, okay.
0: Yeah. Where's this going? Yeah. It it had, like, a weird sexual component to the whole story. So, I was like, Mm -hmm. really? Oh, that's so she a, she a lesbian now or what's going on? Or is she just, is this like a, I don't know if it was a, like a, I don't know if it was necessarily a lesbian thing, but I think it's more like, mm-hmm. like, uh, some, it, it's the, it, it's, it's, I want to say the, it was
1: like an acceptance.
0: Uh, I've got to come. I, uh, definitely that for sure. But there was also a sense of like, she's in love with, the idea of what this may do for her right Mm -hmm. she she sees a figure of what it could be because she Mm -hmm. has that sense she can she knows when she what what the styrofoam body will look like inside the feathers and all that shit right so she realizes she there's a sense of her that she can see the potential in that creamy monster and she's in love with it right you know So that creamy monster is is the future of what she could be and she sees that it moves with her she it it mirrors her action so she realizes that this is something that she could that could that could be part of her right and then she kisses it because she's in love with i think the the idea of this proposed beauty right right and then she comes upstairs she's all creamified right she's all she's all gooey her hair is all fucking weird because she's got lotion in it (laughs) Then she stabs her husband in the head. And then and then like while dude's talking, he pulls I think he pulls the, the blade out
1: at one point and, yeah, he's just, and he starts starts gushing. And he's like, yeah. Oh, oh <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, he's like, Oh, 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 tapping at it, right? Yeah. Like try to stop it. And and I'm Is like Is it bad? Is it bad? I'm like, oh dude, I was like, Yes, dude, it's totally bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then and, and then, then it, she and then she takes an axe to him.
1: Yeah. She acts in the back of the neck, right where the shoulder meets the, the head. Yeah. Like damn. But then that's when she at that point she she like walks around and sees there are footprints leading upstairs. You know, first of all, that shag carpeting and that cream, that's never coming off. So <laughs> she walks up the stairs mm-hmm. and sees that that Cream creature is walking toward the shower and, like, just fills the tub when she, when it walks in there. Yeah,
0: that's right. Right. It just kind of dove into the tub. Right. And it filled it.
1: And she just walks in there, takes off all her clothes, covers herself up to her body, and she says, I feel it. I feel it. So she just immerses herself completely into it. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. So, I, I want to say an hour has passed or something, and she walks off the, she gets out of the shower. Uh huh. And now she's walking like a thousand bucks. Yeah. Right. Pieces of flesh and slime are coming off of her, and she's looking at herself, and she's like, Yeah, she's hot. And she looks up, She's hot. She's looking at her teeth. Yeah. You know, and and yeah, she is a looker. Yeah. You know. She's not Except a bad looking lady in real life. No, no, in real life she's a cutie. Yeah. You know, but you know, I was like, Wow, you know? Mm. And she still has a mullet though. <laughs>
2: At that yeah. point she
1: still has the mullet because yeah. she has to cut her hair. Yeah. So um she decides that she needs to um stuff her husband. That's right crazy yeah crazy dude takes it down to the basement takes him down to the basement stuffs him and throws all the innards out in the in the trash Mm -hmm. like nothing
0: yeah like it's just like regular whatever it's trash day like and
1: you think nobody's gonna oh dude it's crazy dude okay so here so i got a
0: question i don't mean to interrupt but i have to ask yeah as a trash man, I know you're, you're not one of the guys that run out and you you do you deal with the yard itself, but yeah. like as a trash man, I have to ask, if you see raw meat like that, because that's kind of what it is, right? Innards and raw meat and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You see that in the trash. First of all, would you even see it? Because I see the, the trash guys. They come around with their machines and they just grab the box. They grab the, the, the trash can, pick it up throw it in the trash and then drop all with like a machine, right? There's a giant claw, grabs it, boom, 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 drops the food, the, 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 the food, the garbage into the, into the garbage truck, drops the can, moves on to the next thing. Hmm. Would a garbage man even see that stuff? And if he does, would he even think, wait a minute, those are the
1: innards of some dude. First First of all, they would not see it. Yeah. They would not see it. Well, what would happen is they, they would probably see it if, if, I got a story to go with this one, but they'll oh, see it as we dump it in the track and we dump it in the transfer. Okay. Okay. Like, because, you know, we got to go to a transfer station and it dumps there and then we scoop it up with the loader and we put it on a, on a trailer and it gets shipped somewhere else to get either refined or shredded or whatever. Uh-huh. Right. So they wouldn't deal with it we would at the Uh, yard yeah 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 you know and we've had we've had a couple of things happen like that where they were like we need to separate we 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 know that there's something in this trash so we need you to dump it here so we can go through it oh
0: yeah like wait a minute like okay i mean don't get yourself in trouble
1: no no was
0: it was it like like oh shit we might have a murder here No, 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 no.
1: It was um, like either drugs or weapons.
0: God damn it. Somebody would throw a gun in the trash?
1: Yeah. We had, we dumped, we didn't know that it was in this trailer and this truck. He, he, they dumped it. And when we found out about it, it was already in the trailer. So you're looking at a semi-sized giant garbage can that they want us to go through to find a gun. How did they even know that there was a gun in there? Because supposedly that the guy the guy told said he threw it in the trash. And he threw it in the trash in a certain area that got picked up that day. So
0: then the guy who threw the gun in the trash called Mm -hmm. you guys up and said No no no, the
1: the police called us. Oh. And asked for a specific route. And then we had to go they they were like, we can't have you guys go through it. We gotta go through it. The police. Well, right. good for you. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to be junk going through that shit. There,
0: there goes another one. Another yeah. fucking service yep. or another bunch of people that don't get enough fucking love, man. Exactly. Especially the cops. I mean, mm. I understand that there's a lot of problems and there's a lot of issues that need to be resolved with the, with the police force and stuff like that. But there's a lot of good cops out there. I want the good cops working, man, because <laughs> again, this is the kind of shit these guys go through, man, bro, mm. I have some cop stories i wish i I wish I could tell I, not cop stories that that are mine i mean i mm-hmm. I have friends who are cops who told me some fucking stories, some fucking stories, bro, <laughs> shit that makes the movies look yeah. like fucking bullshit, yeah these another fucking bunch of people that don't get paid enough to do the job that they know they don't
1: bro I, no. I i appreciate the police as well because I, I know i they appreciate us uh-huh. we appreciate them you know we have good standings with the mm. with the police you know they they we they've come to our stop to our um place for shredding i have i i me and another guy are certified just to be in that in the shred bay we are the only people allowed to be there when the police are there shredding evidence mm. Okay, and not not evidence, like in a sense, like it's stuff that's been backed up for years that they have to make room for the new stuff. So we have to. It's either been a case has been closed, we have to shred it, Uh, and they got to be there for that. I mean, I've done stuff with the FBI when they showed up, you know. But hey, whatever. I appreciate them as much as they appreciate us. So, dude, like you can complain about the cops all you want.
0: Yeah, but if shit happens, who you gonna call? Who you gonna fucking call? Exactly. I mean, you know? get your bullshit ass out here with that fucking. Oh, I'm, I'm a concealed carry, bro. You don't want to get shot, no. right? Like, bro, you and I, we lived in the hood, bro. We called the fucking cops. We didn't like the cops either because they messed with us. Yep. Even and we weren't we weren't like assholes or anything. We weren't like banging or anything weird like that. We weren't like we weren't that. But when shit happened, bro. As much as we complained about the cops, we fucking called the cops, man. We're like Fuck it, exactly. where's the police? You guys can't get here fast enough. Where are <laughs> you guys? You know? True. It's true. Damn straight, bro. And like they I know there's a lot of again, there's a lot of issues with the police and there's all these things. I'm not I'm not trying to be insensitive to, to some of the things that many communities are dealing with because again, mm-hmm. we grew up in a community uh where where yeah, cops messed with us, but also like we heavily depended on the fucking cops. Exactly. You know, no problem. No, I mean, no questions
1: asked about that. Yeah,
0: I've I've talked about it on the podcast before. Like fucking, like, you know, my parents own the grocery store. We mm-hmm. were robbed three times. You know. Dang. That shit is fucking scary, man. Oh yeah. And and it is, bro. Yeah. And and we want the cops. Oh yeah. We had a little a little like emergency touch button thing little little clicker that we fucking press the button and they fucking they'd be there in no time but of course Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't take long for you know thieves and assholes to do what they got to do right they just need a minute they come in they grab what they're going to grab and then they're gone
1: anyway exactly
0: anyway i'm sorry go ahead and finish you so he she went ahead uh and um, made made her husband you know a fucking stuffed animal and then through his insides out in the trash mm-hmm. which will in probably get missed possibly Exactly since he was a deputy Oh so maybe he won't maybe they will catch it right Right cuz he did he did call the his uh the the sheriff's of office on the on the CB radio Right So I don't think this girl will get far
1: No but it's a small town Yeah first of all you know and then other thing too is like after she did all that she ends up going to the bank looking fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Everybody in the bank was going gaga over her. The women, especially, which was really yeah. weird. It was creepy. Yeah. It was creepy. They were touching her dress, touching her skin, and she and she was liking it. She was like, she goes, well, You like my skin? Yeah. Feels soft, doesn't it? You know, I'm like, Jesus. And she's like, you know? I know. <laughs> like, she's like, I know you like it. Oh, did you know that this girl was looking at my boobs too and all this crazy stuff? And I'm like, Jesus. And then it, it it ends off where she's laughing. Yeah. But she's having like a hysterical laugh. And she's she's like, she just realized what she did, but she continues laughing, and she's like, <gasps> and laughs more. And at the same time, this is happening. She's lift, she's like lifting. Yeah, Like, she's floating. I'm like, but she's laughing still and like with a serious face and scared. And I was like... There was, like, anguish
0: and joy at the same time. And I couldn't tell which one was real. Because, I mean, obviously the anguish was real, right? Mm -hmm. The anguish would bubble (laughs) up in her face and she would realize, like, what the fuck did I do? And then there's this other piece that would come in that would be, like fake you know it's the fake laugh and all the 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 stuff on the outside but then also like some of it looked genuine like she looked like she was genuinely happy and she would Mm -hmm. kind of cycle you know through the three like states you know anguish joy and fake joy and then back to Mm -hmm. anguish and etc and just just keep switching but you're right she was ascending almost she was like rising up into the sky in the office Right. right but did you notice that there was like a weird like vibrating glow behind her. yeah exactly you know because it's
1: glowman whatever what oh, is yeah. Called? yeah yeah aloe glow yeah the aloe glow over
0: yeah that's right yeah. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. so
0: one thing i did want to uh uh kind of bring or highlight about this particular episode because there was a few things that that really kind of caught my attention one was the fact that She, she had like a crossed eye, right? She had like a lazy eye and the eye she had put like, well, I mean, obviously for the actor, they put like a contact lens on top, right? That, that did what they needed to do to, you know, get the effect that they were looking for, but also her teeth, like you mentioned before, her teeth were jacked up. And then all these little imperfections that she had, they went away when she came out of her cocoon, right? Her fucking cream, you know, cocoon. Right, but the other thing I wanted to note was the fact that uh, both Keith, her husband and Stacy, mm-hmm. they were both like simple people, right? And I don't right. mean that like they're dumb or anything like that. They, they lived a fairly uh simple life. He was a cop, that's all he did. He came home, watched TV, you know, she was a, you know she was a teller at a bank. She would come home, watch TV, and there they, they spent a lot of time watching TV with TV dinners and food was always microwaved, you know, mm-hmm. it seemed like. And um, and uh, it was... They lived a very kind of mundane life, right? Exactly. And she definitely want, wanted more for herself, right? But... And she so desperately wanted to fit in, which was really kind of sad. I felt like there was...
1: That's a call, I think. Uh, as yeah. <laughs> so long as it's not like a crow
0: or an owl, where, where you know, like it makes no, all this whole thing not. a lot more creepier. Yeah. You,
1: you know, can edit that part out. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah you leave it in there, aren't you? <laughs> I'm going to leave it in there.
0: <laughs> well, anyway, like, so like uh, going back to Stacy's character, she, she, she lives a very mundane life, but she wanted so much to fit in. Like you were saying before, yeah. and it was so desperate. Right. And when she finally got what she wanted, it wasn't the exact. Was... Yeah. She kind of did it all in the wrong way and there's anguish now. And so now mm-hmm. she feels like, I don't know where the anguish is coming from. I don't know if it's like guilt over the fact that she killed her husband or guilt in the or or maybe there's like some anguish or some pain with the idea that maybe she has given up herself, right? So now there's this monster inside of her this that's taking all the good of her that's on the inside out, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: what's on in the inside? Is it just cream? You know, is it? Like what you know? Like what was the cost? And I think there is something like that in her head. It's like, just like the cost. Like it
1: cost you to get to here. Exactly. And it's is cost, it worth it? It cost your happiness. Cost your marriage. Cost your husband. Cost you know you're constantly gonna have to look over your shoulder all the time. Yeah, and the
0: and no. the conversations that the women were having they were so fucking awful right <laughs> stupid shit too. yeah dude i was just like, like i'm can't... cheating
1: on my husband well he got a big ass dick you know this this oh. guy you know talking crazy shit i'm like Oof, it was foul dude that I, I was like man i thought I, we were bad damn you guys know?
0: guys can be bad but you know as you get older you get more mature and you stop talking <laughs> nonsense like that these women were still talking nasty bro and all oh, just divorce when you get divorced, him when once you divorce and you take all his money, you can go find a guy with a giant wiener. And I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" You know, like this is these are awful women. And all I could think about was like, you know, you really want to hang out with these women?
1: <laughs> like, I know, mean, I th- it looks like that's all she was surrounded with.
0: Well, she wanted so badly to fit in, right? She was never part of right, a clique. but I,
1: but I mean, it's like everywhere she went, these women were there. Well, i mean that's what it
0: seemed like right because her whole life was home tv tv dinners taxidermy and then back to the bank right Right. so there wasn't much there and so when she finally got invited up to the party it was funny too because i didn't catch on to this Mm -hmm. and i'm glad you brought it up because i didn't realize this that it was basically a mary Kay party right yeah (laughs) or a tupperware party or whatever you want to call it but like so, like, they gave her, a, like, they brought a hat around. And it was like, oh, this is Secret Santa. The not-so-secret Secret Santa. Right.
1: It's the and same like, shit for everybody.
0: Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. What what the fuck is this? Wait a minute. This is Secret Santa. And the Secret Santa was Gina. It was a, just another clever way to get everybody to come over to her house. Right. So that she can sell this stuff to them. Right? Right. But, like... Yeah, everybody. Everybody's Secret Santa was Gina. Mm-hmm. You know, she took it seriously. She thought it was a real Secret Santa thing. She made so she went and caught like a bird, stuffed the bird fresh for this woman, and brought it in a <laughs> big old fucking box and gave it to her. And everybody's like, "What the fuck is going on?" She actually thought this was a Secret Santa, and she gave her a fucking bird. You know, and everybody's like, weirded out. I thought it was nice. I was mm-hmm. like, "Hmm, that's interesting. I don't know where I put it." But that's very nice. She went through all this work. That's what I would thought. All these bitches are like, what the fuck is this? You know, like, these yeah. are assholes. <laughs> <really>. <laughs> so it's a little weird. Just be nice. Accept it. Maybe find a place for it. Invite her over so that she can see it. And then you can do whatever we want with it, you know. But I wouldn't throw it away. I wouldn't do Did anything. Did she throw it away? No, I don't think she. I, we never got I to don't see think that. We never got to see that point, right. But you know that that's where it was going. Because oh, yeah, everybody yeah. was like weirded out by
1: it. I mean, like, it looked really like, nice. Was, well, I think everybody knew what it was, mm-hmm. what they were going for over, because they were all dressed up and everything. And it was only the girls. Yeah. Nobody, nobody else. Nobody, nobody else from work. Yeah. You know, mm. no, I don't see anybody else. It was only them. All the gossip piles, blah 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 blah. You know. Yeah. So, you know, it was it was an like you said, it was, an, it was an Avon party. You know. Yeah. Hey, this Mary Kay, whatever. You know, here buy this, buy that. You know, this cream does this. You know. Yeah. It's crazy. It was crazy, and I, I can't put my finger on what the moral
0: of the story is. So I, I mean, because I, I don't like the idea of like don't change. The what I got out of it was beauty
1: is in the eye of the beholder. I don't know if if that's beholder, it. Never judge a book by its cover. I don't think it's anything simple like
0: that. It's a. I think it's a little a little more uh off the beaten path. And I think it's more like the, you should realize the cost of beauty or maybe not even that, like maybe, it, cause I don't like the idea of like, don't initiate a change. Change mm-hmm. is good. You need to change. There are ways right. to do this change where you don't cut corners, where you do things right and you work out, you, 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 you you get you get the help you need to get to where you're going. So like again, work out. You get a dietitian. You 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 make time for it. You spend the money and all that stuff. Um, she kind of took a short route, right? Right. She listened she to. She cheated. She listened to the TV man and do this. Went this weird way and kind of replaced the good inside of herself with something not so good right something 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 uh artificial artificial i think is the word right right because because it's just cream it's just lotion it's not even a solid thing it's just a mass Mm. so like what what did she do like be careful what you how how you initiate change Hmm. You, you know like look look don't look for an easy way out to do these changes. And also like, you know, look at the quality of the people that you want to be like, you know, some of these people are not worth you changing for them. Right. right exactly. It's, it's really kind of sad. Cause um, I felt like there, there are some times where I feel like horror stories with morals to it, unjustly persecute the people that are victims. Right. So, like, this woman is a victim. She tries to take hold of her life. She does it in the wrong way and she's severely punished for it. Mm. And I think she's already at the bottom. Why beat the shit out of this character some more? You know what I'm saying? Right.
1: Exactly. You Uh, know, it's like, it's like you can't go any lower. Yeah. But apparently
0: You you can, right? and i just wish they wouldn't do that i just don't like stories like that i liked i i really liked the ones where everybody got their comeuppance right so lot 36 that guy he got what was coming to him he was greedy Mm -hmm. and the monster killed his ass right he was a jerk too if he was he wasn't so greedy and he wasn't such a jerk There would have been multiple ways out for him to get out. Like we would have just said, like I said, like fuck the fuck lot 36. You can have it for five grand. You know, Mm -hmm. it's all yours. The table, the, all the shit, you know, but no, he was too greedy. He wanted to go back and rummage through that shit,
1: Mm -hmm. you know, just so that he can get that third book and get like 10 grand or whatever it was. I would have been like, now that we said, I was like, you know, we found the book. All right. You see the book. Okay. Give me my 10 grand. I'm out. Yeah, you can do whatever the fuck you want here. <laughs> yeah,
0: I would have given him. I would have given him the table and everything there. Mm-hmm. At the at the with the antique lady and given him the key to the lot and said, "The lot is yours. I'm out. I'm done. Take. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you find the book or not. I don't care if you don't want to pay me for the book or not. That's fine. It's all yours. I'm done. I'm out. Boom. Right. But no, he wouldn't do that. Because he still wanted to hold on to the lot so that he could sell the more, more shit that was in there. Because he still wanted to, <laughs> like, go through all that stuff. Exactly. That guy, that guy was greedy and he was a jerk because also, like, he could have escaped if he would have been nice to the Mexican lady. Right? But he wasn't shit. nice to the Mexican lady and the lady let him die. She fucking put the fucking pin down. She locked him in so that he wouldn't get out. That would have been his last opportunity but he was such a jerk to her to the whole time but the other thing too is, is like would she have been there if he would have given up her the the lot anyway you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. which would, would he have been maybe he wouldn't even have been in this situation because we said that the lot was was hers to begin with so who knows right that guy had multiple opportunities to get out of out of that but he was such an asshole and so greedy that he fucking, he basically put the nail in his own coffin the Grave graveyard rats speaking of coffins that guy had put himself in a lot of debt and he owed that one character which I had saw I saw the name his name was Hans or Hans Hans Hands Over Fist That <laughs> what, was the name was of it? that was that the, was name, the of, name of the character Hands Over in, Fist Hands Over Fist was the guy or Hans Over Fist actually but mm-hmm. Hans Over Fist or Hands Over Fist was the name of the guy who threatened his life and was like, "You need to give me more shit, or you're gonna, or I'm gonna fucking kill your ass, right?" You like, you're not producing mm-hmm. what I need you to produce, right? And, and so that guy who was basically the catalyst for this man to go and get stuck underground with the rats, hands over fist. That was his name. I thought it was a clever name, but anyway, yeah. like that cat, like. Or anyway, the, the Masson, the guy who got stuck in the base in, in the in the graveyard, he shouldn't have been fucking stealing from the dead to begin with. That is disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's creepy. You're hanging out in the fucking in the cemetery by yourself, stealing from the dead corpses. That's nothing but fucking bad karma, bro. <laughs>
1: and that's what it is bad karma.
0: Bad fucking karma. That's all it is. Yeah, the autopsy is my favorite so far because the autopsy is we got this badass old man who's like, Fuck you, I'm dying anyway. <laughs>
1: exactly. You're coming exactly. with me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if I gotta go, I'm taking you with me. I'm uh, taking you
0: with me. Exactly. He said, Fuck this, I'm already dead. You ain't doing shit to nobody else. He went out <laughs> like a fucking hero. I love that one. That one's my fucking favorite <laughs> uh, by far so far. Uh, the outside, the outside again. Like, and going back to the autopsy, the autopsy is all about ego. It's the egotistical uh, monster who is blind to his own fucking ego. He doesn't exactly. realize how how ignorant he may be because mm-hmm. he's he's actually fucking blind. The creature itself doesn't have any senses of its own, so it nothing. doesn't. It has nothing. So he can't see its own stupidity. It's so egotistical and inequipped with the senses that he needs to overcome a situation like his. His ego got the best of him, right? You know. So that I loved. I thought it was so clever. It's such a good story, and it's so unique and so different because the monster is the one that learns the lesson. The monster is the protagonist. Anyway, and then the outside. I have a real problem with because again, like we were saying, the moral of the story is. Something to the effect of like, be careful how you initiate change. Don't give up too much of yourself or you're going to be regret how you got where you got, right? Exactly. And this woman is already at the bottom and she just gets kicked even more. And I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of this particular story. Um, still a good story. Really interesting. But oh, one thing I wanted to mention was, uh, aside from also like the fact that she has that lazy eye, it's the 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 whole the whole story, the whole episode is shot with like a fisheye lens. Hmm. So like, if you notice it, it's like really kind of uh, overblown, expanded in the center, and it kind mm-hmm. of tightens around on the ends, right? right. So. And, and so, like, it, you feel like you're looking through a fishbowl as it turns, as it pans. And so, it does a little weird thing with your head as you're watching because the camera turns around and you get this, like, magnifying glass kind of look across the room. It really messes with the way you see things. And so, right. part of the problem, too, is there's so much, I guess, idea of perception in the story, right? Mm-hmm. What the woman perceives what the main character perceives as, as, as the, as beauty. Right. And also like the fact that maybe cause she has a lazy eye, her view, her vision is skewed. Right.
1: That's what I think that was. Yeah. Her Absolutely. perspective of what she, what she sees because of yes. that lazy eye.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like she doesn't see things the way she should be seeing them. Exactly. Right. and, even her husband Martin Star or Keith uh, uh, Keith in the story has these really thick glasses right and I get a sense that he maybe he has a hard time seeing reality as it should be as well like his perception is probably skewed but to the point where it's like he's, he has corrective lenses right? Mm-hmm. right so his vision might be might be skewed, but it's more accurate than what Stacy might be seeing. Exactly. So then when he tells her, I think you're beautiful. I think you're wonderful. There's so many things about you that I love. You're you're good at math. You're smart. You're, you got this wonderful hobby. You you're so gifted and and I love the I love you. You're beautiful inside and out, which sets her off. But he has these corrective lenses. He's seeing through the glasses. He can see correctly. Right? Mm-hmm. His perception, even though it needs help, he can see correctly. She doesn't. Right? And so her vision is skewed. So there's this issue between them. And he's trying to help her in a very kind and nice way. And he does not sometimes forceful, sometimes in a in a very kind of gentle way he tries to but he's also like he also has an incapacity of being able to like like he looks like he might not be as smart as he can be right right but he's still a very nice wonderful man and he's trying to help his wife get through this tough time and she just can't see things the way he sees it Mm. and you know she kills him and turns him into a stuffed animal yeah. <laughs> it's so fucked up bro uh it is yeah I, this one is probably my least favorite because I feel like the punishment is is even worse than the reality of her life the way it was right. I, I don't I I feel like it's it just feels gross it feels like you know like you know how they say you're kicking down right you're punching down don't punch down punch up uh, no, yeah. whatever the case uh, there's something about it I don't like and I don't like seeing characters that are already on the bottom get kicked down further down the totem pole I want to see these characters at least in the, in the stories that I enjoy sure you can kick the, 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 the protagonist down a little bit just so that they can make the ascension so much better you know right but this wasn't an ascension right even though it kind of gives you an impression in the end as, as you said they, she lifts off the ground a little bit there was mm-hmm. an Ascension there, but uh, just not, not, not like how you would want to see it, right? It's right, twisted. Exactly. It's all twisted. Um, dude, I'm looking forward to the rest of these.
1: Oh, yeah. Like I said, I watched already um, five and six.
0: I, so, seen, uh, I seen the last one. I thought the last one was really, really good. I haven't seen five, six, and seven which is Pikmin's model dreams in the witch house and the viewing I've seen the murmuring mm-hmm. which is the eighth one I thought the eight, the murmuring was so well written mm. and, and I and I mean in terms of the dialogue and, and how the characters how how well developed the characters are I felt right. like the acting it's just such a good piece of storytelling and well performed so mm-hmm. I I thought that was really good uh, I think it's by far probably the best of the series in terms of all the aspects that we're talking about, like the, the creativity, the story, all this stuff. I can't wait to talk about the murmuring, but I, I also can't wait to, to watch the rest. So we'll definitely do part two and we'll go through the other ones. But yeah, I had, oh, I had so much fun watching these. Oh, yeah they're at the scary level that i can deal with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know
1: you're not running and hiding under the bed or anything
0: no nah, dude i'm not doing anything like that like conjuring shit that the conjuring stuff fucking scares the shit out of me yeah brother mm-hmm. all right bro well let's call it quits man all right brother all right bro thank you so much for the podcast thank you for coming not on a bro. Problem. not a problem bro. you know i'm always here for you all right brother same here right, brother bro. All right, All right, this is Egro Traves with my co host, Cousin Primo. We will catch you next time.
1: Later, guys. Appreciate it.
0: the music you're listening to is titled those monsters do you feel it by Oi and nbhd nick you can find that over at epidemic sound now for those of you who do not know epidemic sound provides royalty free music at a low monthly cost so if you're looking for ways to punch up your content if you're a content creator like myself make sure you check out epidemic sound and when you do use my referral link in the description so that they know that i sent you yeah man autopsy was my favorite i think it was awesome I love that old man going down swinging. I thought it was awesome. Anyway, I hope you liked the show. And if you want to follow us on social media, I'm on Instagram under the name Edgar Otraves, And you can follow the show on Instagram under the name The Full Roll. And if you want to follow everybody's cousin, Cousin Primo, you can find him on Instagram under the name The underscore, Real underscore Cousin Primo. And if you like the show, please like, subscribe, comment, and share on social media and do all the things that make the podcast God's happy. Thank you so much for listening. This is Ego Otra Vez. We will catch you next time. Behave yourselves. Laters.